Hello everyone, my name is Catherine Potter and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the podcast, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. The topic we are exploring today is astrology, one of the most popular and often hotly debated mystical arts. Today's podcast is part one of a two-part series. In this segment, we're going to look at an astrological overview and hopefully answer some of the questions that typically come up regarding astrology. So the first thing I'd like to address is that there are two types of zodiac used in astrology. There is the sidereal zodiac, which is primarily used by Indian, which is Vedic astrology, and is constellation-based. And then there is the tropical zodiac, which is typically used in Western astrology, and it is not aligned with the constellations. It's seasonal-based, meaning it is defined by the Earth's motion during a tropical year. So in each one of the systems, and by the way, I am a Western-based astrologer, so we're going to be talking um, about tropical astrology today. So in either method, the sky is divided into 12 30-degree zones, which are marked by the zodiac signs, the astrological zodiac signs. So together, the 12 astrological signs represent a complete cycle of human existence. And each sign represents a particular archetypal energy, and it expresses both gifts and shadows of that type of energy. An important thing to know is that the 12 signs fall into one of three categories, polarity, elements, and modes. And these categories are what actually end up describing the qualities of the sign, the rhythm, the pace, the motivation, and behavior of each one of the signs. So let's start with the first category, which is polarity. So polarity divides the 12 signs into two categories. The first is the masculine principle, which is yang, active and outgoing. And this would be uh, Aries, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sagittarius, and Aquarius. The second half of this is the feminine principle, which is yin, receptive, inward. And the signs that fall into this category are Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. And the thing to note about the polarity is their pairs of opposites. It's light and dark and two halves of wholeness. So if you think about it almost like um, you know, the universe, and we have our outgoing breath, which would be the masculine principle, and the inward breath, which is the receptive principle. An interesting thing to note is here, if you're actually looking at the signs, we start with Aries, which is active, outgoing, and then go to Taurus, which is inward receptive, then go to Gemini, which is 
active outgoing and then go to cancer which is inward receptive and so on until we come to Pisces and so it's like that uh, wonderful balance we can't have one without the other so the second category uh, that defines the signs are the elements and the interesting thing uh, about the elements is elements move at different rates and by paying attention to how predominant a particular element is in a person's natal blueprint it can give us valuable clues as to their rhythm and their pace the other thing with the elements is you know really they they have different needs right so for example uh, when we look at the four elements that we use in astrology there's the air element and the air element would be the fastest moving one and it's tied into ideas and concepts and relationship and the three signs associated with the air element are Gemini and Libra and Aquarius and just to tie into polarity the air element is the masculine outgoing active yang principle and so if you think about it we can have an idea very quickly it takes more time to feel it or produce something with it and so therefore these signs tend to be you know in the mental realm and thinking and as I said ideas and concepts so the next element is the fire element and the fire element is hot and it likes to inspire and be inspired it's a transformative just like fire is fire can transform and the fire element also belongs to the um, masculine outgoing yang category and the signs associated with with it are Aries and Leo and Sagittarius and again this is this element is doesn't move quite as fast as ideas right but it's that transformative nature and the the um, fire signs tend to be enthusiastic and they can be hot sometimes in how they present things and so part of what they have to watch for is they don't burn themselves out or burn other people out and then we get into the water element and when we get into the water element we begin to move slower you know I always think of water in a meandering way and the water element connects to our emotions and it takes more time sometimes to connect to how we emotionally feel about something as opposed to how we think about it right and so the water brings us into that polarity of the feminine um, yin more inward we're going more inward in order to connect to how we feel about something we have to pay attention and go inward and not just what we think about something and in our fast-moving society sometimes we can get disconnected to how we feel about something and ideally we want uh, that connection between you know the mind and the body I'm thinking this how does it feel and so in the water element we're getting into the not visible but felt emotional realm and um, it can be a very uh, protective and supportive and nourishing we can be nourished by our emotions we can 
uh, it brings us into the realm of um, compassion. It can be very healing, but also too much of it, and it, it can get you know, stifling and overly protective. So the signs associated with the water element are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And again, it's the feminine principle. We're going inward. It's the receptive nature. We're having to go into the emotional realm. And then the, the last element that we use in astrology is the earth element. And so earth element is the slowest moving element. And the slowest moving element doesn't mean uh, slow as in not intelligent. It just means that things are meant to be done in a practical, tangible, productive way. So again, we're getting into the feminine principle. We're getting into the yin. We're going in more inward. But we're doing we're, the signs associated with the earth element, which are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, all are producers in some way. So we can have our, of our, our ideas, like we can have an idea of something, you know, we can, you know, have a feeling for something, but the earth element and the earth signs wants to bring it into a phys physical, tangible, concrete expression. And so it moves slower. And this is why nobody ever has just one element in the chart. Right, and nobody is ever a typical sign. Um, you know, sometimes someone will say, "Oh, this person's a typical Aries or a typical Capricorn." Or typical. There's no such thing because we've got a combination of these uh, signs within us. But why it's very important um, to pay attention to the element is that when we don't, we end up often um, getting out of sync with ourselves, with our internal rhythm. And over time, our mental, emotional, and physical body can weaken. And so that's the next category that uh, helps um, give the characteristics of the sign. And the last one, <clears throat> excuse me, the last one is the modes. Now, what people sometimes don't realize is the modes are actually, they, there's three modes, cardinal, fixed, immutable, and their signs, the signs will fall into one of those three modes. But the modes correlate to the three forces in nature. And this is one of the things that I found fascinating when I was learning to study, astro or when I was studying astrology, rather, and, and how it began to make sense to me um, in a way that astrology really, you know, is just teaching us how nature works, how our relationship to the cosmos, but, but you know, the earth is part of that dance of the cosmos, and it's teaching us how we're affected by the daily and the uh, monthly and the yearly um, cycles that we find in nature. We're affected by levels of light. We're affected by levels of darkness. And, you know, are we more keyed into them? Are we born at a certain time within a certain season? Are we at the beginning of a year when things are new? Are we at the halfway point of the year where there's more maturity? Um, you know, are we at the end part? All of those things 
affect us the time that we're born where we're born within a season where we're born uh, within a generation so anyway to come back to the three modes which are called cardinal fixed and mutable and how they correlate to the three forces in nature well let me just say briefly the three force, forces in nature are creation preservation and destruction and destruction by the way means energy changing and we see these three forces in action during each one of the season so each season has three months and each one of the three months has a certain quality to it so the first month of the season correlates to the creation force in nature right and it correlates to the cardinal signs and that's the new phase and it's initiating you know it's beginning something and just so you know the cardinal signs are cancer uh, they are cancer libra and um capricorn and so they're and i forgot one i think uh, but they're starting something they're all starters and then the second month of each season has a more concentrated energy. So we're well into the season at that point and it's holding steady. And so it correlates to the preservation force in nature and the fixed signs. And key which associated with this is concentrating energy and holding it steady. So if I go back for a second to um, the cardinal signs and, and that beginning of each season, the gift, of course, is the ability to direct and initiate energy. The challenges that can come with it, and there's challenges that come with everything, is, you know, maybe it can be a little impatient or a little bit bossy. And as we talk now about the second month of the season, that concentrated energy, I mean, anybody who has fixed energy, is really good at concentrating and holding things steady. Their challenge, of course, is that they don't find it easy to let go. And so often they'll even hold um, tension that needs to be let go of. Why? Because they hold things steady. And so when we're talking about the fixed signs, we're talking about Taurus and we're talking about Leo and we're talking uh, about Scorpio, and we're talking about Aquarius. And then the third, month of, uh, the third month of the season is when change begins to happen, and there is a transition from one season to the next. And this correlates to the change or the destruction force in nature and the mutable signs. And so the key word, of course, is change and adaptability. The challenge related to mutable signs is sometimes they can get too much change happening or be over-adaptable. And the signs associated with the um, mutable and the changing part in nature is Gemini and then Virgo and then Sagittarius, and then Pisces. And so those are the three different categories that end up uh, giving the types of qualities that we've come to know um, in, in connection to the science. And to go back for a moment to the first 
part of the season, the cardinal signs, I believe I forgot to mention one, so I'll just go over them again. It's Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. And those are actually um, the beginning of when each season comes in. So an important thing to note is that, again, we can have these combinations in us, which is why there's no such thing as a typical anything, uh, you know, any one sign. There's no, we don't have just earth or water. We have a combination of them and learning how to work with these energies within ourselves um, will keep us healthy and vibrant and have an appreciation for other people's energies that are different from us. So the next thing in astrology, so that's, you know, the first part is how we, uh, how the signs have, have um, been given certain qualities and rhythm and pace and motivations. The next thing in astrology, when we're looking at um, a person's natal blueprint, for, exa for example, is the planets. And the planets relate to archetypal energy forces and are considered to answer the what question in astrology, as in what action is taking place. And so for a moment I'm going to talk about the natal blueprint or your natal chart. So that basically means um, what you were born with, what was going on in the world, what was going on in your community, what was going on in your family, what season were you born in, um, and that's your natal blueprint at that moment of birth. And basically it's a snapshot, right? It's taking the position of the planets and freezing them in time and giving you a snapshot of what was going on, in, as I said, in the world, your community, your family, at your birth. And in the natal chart, each one of the planets represents part of the mind. And when we put all these parts together, they make up the whole of an individual. So, for example, the sun relates to the conscious mind and the ego. So that's the part of you that you know as this lifetime. So you're out of the room and you're beginning to identify as an individual. And I'll just, you know, briefly say which part of the mind each one of the planets relates to. The moon, the moon relates to the unconscious part of the mind. And it's the information within us that sits beneath our surface. It certainly relates to our emotional nature. But, you know, really our emotions are also, are often connected to unseen information. And so it has a lot to do with the unconscious part of our mind and how we sometimes get information instinctively or intuitively. Mercury relates to the part of our mind that is about communication. So the communication within our bodies, you know, the nervous system connected from the brain to all the organs and the muscles and so on and back forth to the brain, and our communication in, in how we are in the world and how we perceive the world and how we communicate with that world, how we receive information in and put information out. And Venus is the part of our mind that relates to relationship. And our idea of um, the balance and harmony and, and our relationship to ourself and how our relationship to ourself will color the ty types of relationships 
we form in the outer world. And Mars in our natal chart relates to the part of the mind that goes out and gets what it wants. So it's almost instinctive. It's how you know we how comfortable we are or uncomfortable we are with going out into the world and taking action and getting what we want. And those actually are considered to be the personal planets, the ones uh, linked into us um, and and our personal makeup. And then um, Jupiter and Saturn in our natal chart relates uh, very much to what was going on in society, what was going on, you know, in the year we were born, what was going on uh, in the couple of years around our birth, how was society expanding, how was it contracting. And then the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are generational, and so they're talking about... Um, what was going on within the generation we were born. And so those planets relate to patterns that take place over a much longer period of time. And so by combining the sign of the zodiac the planet was in at the time of someone's birth as well as the aspect and the aspect means the relationship that planet was making to other planets we begin to get a picture of the unique energetic expression the wiring of an individual and the natal chart is actually the root of who a person is and it shows what we've inherited you know through past influences so whether you believe in reincarnation or we're simply looking at it from the perspective of what we've inherited through generations and plus there's a lot that takes place in the womb you know we we see ourselves at birth that's where we begin you know that son this is who I am as an individual but the womb there's so much um, connected to the unseen part of us and, and so it shows uh, also the possibility, you know, so it's our root of who we are, but it's not a stagnant root. We're constantly growing and shifting and potentially evolving. And so your natal chart shows the possibility all the way to self-actualization. And one of the things... Um, you know, sometimes people will say, "Is can I get locked in by a particular sign? But each one of the signs are played out based on our state of awareness, our state of consciousness. And so we can be playing out, for example, the Aryan story, the Aryan archetype, uh, in, a, in, a, in a less developed way. You know, and it can be very eye-oriented. But as we mature, or in a way that's, you know, we're, you know, somewhat separate, separated from a sense of wholeness. But as we mature, so does our expression of how we play out that Aryan energy. And then we're more conscious and we're more aware and we're more aware of connection and, and you know, thinking can come in and it's not so instinctive and we're more understanding of you know, that our actions impact others. And so depending on a person's state of awareness, their state of consciousness will determine how they um, express their archetypal blueprint. And so we're always seeking, of course, to grow and to um, look at our gifts and look at our shadows and understanding how each generation has an opportunity 
to build from the previous generation, you know, to be grateful what we're what we've inherited, but to build on it and based on, you know, a current day perspective, technology, scientific advances, you know, our ideas shift and change. And so each generation has an opportunity to grow in ways the previous generation didn't. And so our, our collective, but also our natal chart, gives us this opportunity to continue to grow all the way to, uh, all the way until we're looking at something that, you know, mystics would uh, call self-actualization. You know, we're expressing ourselves in the fullest way possible, in the most holistic way possible. We're understanding that we are piece of a bigger whole and that um, everything is in relationship and interconnected. So this is just a brief overview, a very brief overview, obviously, of uh, what, how a natal chart comes together and a look at the signs and the characteristics associated with them, the roles the planets play in a natal chart. And the second part of this podcast um, will be about the coming year and uh, how we can work more consciously with the coming year. And so, uh, those of you who are interested in contacting me or learning more about astrology, uh, you can contact me at katherinepotter at shaw.ca or go to my website, which is katherinepotter.ca and you can find out more about the types of courses that I teach. Uh, I'm one of four teachers at the Northern Star College and we have a variety of courses, one of them being astrology, and there's a whole new program beginning in January 2020 for those of you who are in the area. There's also an online option. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was a little bit informative. I hope it answered some of the questions that will come up regarding uh, astrology. And join me next week, and we'll do part two and look at the overview uh, for 2020. Have a good week.